The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra, and my pronouns are she, hers, and we. I'm Safa Master, and my pronouns are him, his, and we. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. Okay, what are we drinking today? We're enjoying a lovely <clears throat> scotch. Yeah. Especially after high protocol. Blay? That's my go-to. Isn't it? Yeah. So we're going to try Spay River. It's a single malt scotch whiskey, and it's aged in um, sherry casks. Sherry casks. Yeah, so it imparts that flavor. Yeah. And it's lovely. It's a lovely whiskey. Yeah. Let's see how it smells. Kind of an amber. It's got a very... Kind of a, a wood... Yeah, it's very woody Very note. wood note. Not quite cedar, but wood. Yeah. Oh, you can taste the cherry. You can taste it. Like the very first part it hits your tongue, it just explodes it with the fruits of sherry. Yeah, you definitely can. It's a lovely whiskey. Do you add water to this one? I do, a little bit. It's a little drop. Mm-hmm. Let me stir it a little bit, see if the nose changes. Softer. Yeah, same wood, but way softer. Wow. I think that got sweeter. It does. Like the fruit notes of the sherry are sweeter. Yeah, the water just hides the alcohol. The whiskey notes just pop. Yeah, it's, I get a huge amount of plum. I think that's right. It tastes like a plummy. Yeah. It's very stone fruit. Yeah, very. Yeah, got a frog in my throat. But that's a lovely whiskey. I love it. Today's conversation is brought to you by WeMinder, a behavior chart app for kinky couples like us. Learn more at WeMinder.app. Today, we're going to have an interesting conversation. We're going to talk about the way kinksters play. Yeah. And we're having this conversation because we're hardcore kinksters. Yeah. But we don't always use like implements and right. bondage and discipline and like there's just there's right. just fucking raw sex. It's, Sometimes we just fuck. We just fuck, yeah. <laughs> but it's not just fucking because I'm still your dominant. Yeah, we're still in our dynamic. Yes. Of course. And so it's more like you get ravaged. Yeah, I really got ravaged today. <laughs> I mean, really. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that could be the end of the conversation, but it's not. Because there's a lot wrapped up in that, yeah. in the world of consent, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we should talk a little bit about what it implies to be submissive in a DS, discipline-based dynamic, mm-hmm. 
what do you have to say takes. about that? What does it take? Yeah. Well, of course, as responsible kinksters, and you alluded to this already, we have consent all the time, right? And how does that work in a TPE? Well, it works in a TPE because we get agreements made when we create the dynamic and you're creating the dynamic out of nothing. Like, you know, there wasn't a dynamic. Now you're creating it from new. There isn't any rules. Right. So you're taking two people and what their limits and whether their hard or soft limits are being observed or what have you, that's all discussed. And people often think, yeah, it kind of ruins the moment to discuss all that stuff. We should just kind of engage in stuff and then go as we go, make decisions. Well, that's definitely not the way to do it. <laughs> that's right. definitely going to cause problems on one side or the other. Right. Well, you and I talk a lot about how one of the elements that's present in our dynamic and the, the reason we have such spectacular sex so frequently right. is that there's literally no space between us. Yeah, there's and, no second guessing. There's no, well, I'm not afraid not knowing what's going to happen next right. because <laughs> I'm a submissive and I trust you and you're my chosen dominant. That's right. So we've had these conversations. We've created agreements around limits. Right. You understand that you have agency. It's not like you're a slave. You have agency. Right. You've given me safe words. You've got safe words. For whatever the reason is. Yeah. It isn't like only if you can't take it anymore or no. whatever. It, it's really... You use a safe word when you need to use a safe word yeah, for so whatever reason. There's no restrictions on you using a safe word mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong when you do. Right. Because there's nothing wrong. There's just right. what's so. Well, and even as I've been in the dynamic longer and I don't use safe words very often. I don't think if you've at ever all, really used a safe right? word. Yeah. And that could be speaking to how well and careful we are with our communication. However, you never know when you're going to need them, right? for a number of reasons. Yeah. And before I was somewhat like, I'm not going to ever say that, you know, right. I'm never going to say a safe word. Like I'm, like I'm purposely going to try not to say that, which right. is ridiculous. And now I'm in a place where I see their value. I haven't needed to use them or, you know, apply them at any point. But the idea of having them there is a safety net too. Well, especially as the kink intensity increases. Well, that's what I was going to say is, our dynamic, our shifts into scene play in just regular daily scene play. I'm not even talking high protocol. High protocol is another level, but right. daily scene play, we're both dropping into dub, uh, dub, dub space. sub. That's because we're stoned. No, sub and dom <laughs> space right. pretty quickly. Yeah. And if you think about it, if you're conditioned to respond to a safe word, when you're in those altered states, it's helpful because I'm not always using words right. during that time. Right. That's no, true. Yeah. And I was thinking about, you know, if we start doing new things, which mm -hmm. we're inclined to do because right. we're experimental and we like to explore sexuality, right. you know, it's possible I'll do something with you that takes you past your tolerance or past your desire. Right. And that's the other thing is if you're with a partner like we are extended, you could find yourself using a safe word in an early phase of, I don't even know, I'm just going to say something like fire play, let's say right. you might give a safe word, whether someone's crossed your comfort barrier or you felt like you were burning, maybe you weren't, but maybe right. you were, et cetera. You can do that. But then you might find as you play more and get more accustomed to your partner and the things that you're doing in that play, yeah. you might find you not, 
you're not giving the word. Now, what you need to do is that's where communication comes into play because your dominant's going to be receptive to what might have caused you to read out. Right. Well, there's something I want to say to that, which is that as your dominant, my responsibility is your well-being. Mm-hmm. And so I have to be paying attention to you. So if you were to use a safe word, it shouldn't be a surprise to me because I would know that I'm taking you beyond right. the limit. Right. Now, there are some tools that in communication that kinksters have to be able to share where they live in the world of intensity, for example. Mm-hmm. Like I might be flogging you with a heavy flogger and I might think this is a three, but you might be experiencing it for whatever reason at a seven. That's so true. I have really experienced that with just surely. And I, what I've nailed down after talking to you about this, because yeah. I know what I can handle and I have handled in the past. Yeah, I've been like, well, why is that so bitey today? Like, why is that bothering me? And really, it for me, it can come down to hormonal, like what time of the month I'm in. And it, mm. I'm not even saying whether I'm having my period or not. That's not what I'm talking about. Just fluctuations. Women actually just cycle. I think men har- do too. Yeah, we but have hormonal so. cycles yeah. that affect uh, sensation, sure. right? Hot and cold bothers people at certain points. Right. Uh, different types of clothing. Actually, yeah. I've heard people talk about, it. I can't wear wool during this time, yeah. you know, whatever. So there's that. And I know for me, where my emotional mental state is, if I'm dealing with something else or I try to be hundred percent present, but right. sometimes we have lives that are pretty broad and vast. And right. sometimes we're dealing with other things in the background that we try not to bring in, but are still affecting Processing. our system. Right. I think, you know, we get, is it emotive? We actually yeah. get response physically from emotions sure. and, and stress and things you're dealing with. Yeah. And, you know, something that I think is a three on the flogging scale that you receive as a seven today you might receive as a four or a three or a two the next day. So there has to be an ability to communicate around those those tools. So you might say to me, or I might say to you, I'm flogging you. How do you receive that? And you might say seven. I might be really surprised, right? So you're like, yeah, I wasn't even doing it. Wasn't even doing anything, (laughs) right? So because I read your body language, I sort of have a sense of where we are. Right. But that's a tool kinksters have to, you know, adjudicate their play. That's, temper it, like put a controller on it. It's neat because it's like a limiter on a throttle. Right, exactly. Right? Yeah. And it allows there to be, like you say, reading body language and then having safe words. There's a culmination there of being able to read somebody well enough to proceed together, kind of in the right. synchronicity together right. as you play, which, what is the goal? Ultimately, play gets better. Well, that's one thing that's happened with you and I is because we have such a good read on our interactions around our play and sex and kink. Right. Over time, your trust level's gone way up Mm -hmm. and my ability to interact with you has correlated to that trust level rising. Right. So, you know, so for example, today we had a ravaging scene. A ravaging scene. Right. I love it. We didn't involve any implements. We, you weren't tied just up. Time to get fucked. Just, yeah, just time to get fucked. But I ravaged you, right? Yes, I actually, you did I actually made you have dozens of orgasms. Dozens. Right? Dozens. And the fact is that in the DS dynamic, let's frame how that happened. I mm-hmm. sent you texts. I told you you were going to get ravaged today. Yes. And I wanted you to edge all day. I had to start edging. Yeah. You had to start edging like every hour. 
And then you had to edge in the car on the way home and edge it when you got home. Yep. And you had to like come in and say hello, get your collar, your hard collar on. Yes. And then you went to the bathroom to avoid. And then you, you crawled back naked through the living room because you're by collared slut. And yeah. when you're in that slut mode, you're on your hands and knees. And it doesn't change right. because even if we're going to fuck, we're still in our DS. Mm-hmm dynamic. And I say that versus saying roles because they aren't roles for us. No. We are in a lifestyle where submissiveness or dominance doesn't switch off. Like there's right. not a switch that says, okay, now I'm going to do this. Right. Now that could be confusing for some people when they look at my profile, let's say I'm fat life and they see that I'm a switch, right. but I'm a very distinct switch. Right. I'm a submissive to one person that I choose which is you. Yeah, I'm happy about. <laughs> and I am completely submissive. It's very easy for me to be completely in and submissive with that partner that I choose, right? Right. And then everyone else, no, I'm a dominant. That's and that's right. really easy for me too, because it makes complete logical sense in my head. Like I know exactly how I relate to you yeah. and everyone else I know how I relate with them. Right. And it really has been how my whole life has been. So it makes sense for me. It's just natural. It's, I don't think about it. I notice that I do it, that I am drawn to you as a submissive in ways that I'm not, frankly, drawn to anyone else. Right, right. But it's amazing that we are still in our dynamic, no matter what type of play. Exactly. Now, what's been really interesting to me is as our play has matured, mm -hmm. and when I say matured, I mean like a fine wine, you know, <laughs> yes. it's laid down on its side for three years in a yes. barrel. And, you know, I think we've had over a thousand iterations of our play. And I, I want to say that, I mean, we're going, we're on four years. We're, we're going on a years, lot. And we play so. pretty much every day. So it's over a thousand. Yeah. But what's been happening recently is we've achieved a level of connection that's fairly energetic like we actually have an energy well, connection. It is energetic. I yeah. I don't think it's fairly. I think it. there's something that happens almost as if e-stem or something was being applied. Yeah. So what I'm getting at is that we started with impact play. Yes. And then we introduced other things like hypno kink. Mm -hmm. And we did anal April. Anal and, April. Yeah. It's a year ago now. Can you believe it? It's crazy yeah. how long ago. <laughs> but... All of those things led to a more complete experience of our kink journey mm -hmm. on a scene-by-scene -scene basis. So now our scenes start off with hypno-kink, mouthgasms, impact play, anal, all that's going on. Right. But it's kind of like there's an umbrella over our play that's energetic, the way we actually have an energy connection. Right. Where it literally feels like we're electrical creatures interacting with each other. And that all happens because there's not only just consent present, and there's not only just intimacy present, and there's not only just trust present, mm -hmm. but we're also completely present in the scene. Like we actually aren't outside of our bodies. We're in the scene. I think we're at present at a level, because I've, you know, I'm trying to find words lately mm. to describe what we're up to, because it you and I both are struggling at times where we're running out of words. Like there aren't words to describe this. Maybe in other languages there are, but I haven't found any yet. Yeah. But I think when we're open, like we are present in the moment, we're present at a point where we have access to things 
unknown to us in this universe. I think there are access points we're accessing and whether we know how to navigate those or know why they're really happening, I don't know if we do, but I don't have control over it. Like it'll happen and I can feel the surge happen. And then I'm like, we're in this, like your experience lecturally. Yeah. Affects me, yeah. Electric, like we're one. It's like Avatar, right. like tenfold. You know what yeah, I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. And so orgasms, super fantastically awesome, and they're very distinct human physiology. This is not that. Yeah. These type of experiences are beyond what I would say is located in a certain region. Only that's where you're feeling the yeah, stimulation. Yeah, yeah. It's not like that. No, it's, it's like my like whole body, body comes yeah. alive. Yeah. yeah. I agree. It's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There's an occurring that happens that other disciplines have described, you know, like the tantric community describes a Kundalini awakening. That's what they keep talking about. Yeah. And I don't really even know. Maybe this is it. Yeah. There are spiritual sexual practitioners who describe these out of body experiences. Yeah. So it's not like we're exclusive in this experience. No, no, no. Somebody described it. And I thought brilliantly that it's like, we're all sort of climbing the same pyramid, you know, Mm -hmm. some people have access to the top of the pyramid through kink, like we did. Some people have it through, Tantra, like some others do. Some mm. people have it through maybe yoga practice or, or meditation tai chi or meditation. Right. But these are all human experiences of trying to achieve an a higher state of enlightenment. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And I think that's an access that we were unexpectedly like dropped in. Like we just arrived there. We it, didn't really it just happened. And we then we're to, like, what was that? We had to like How do we get that happened again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So kink is very interesting that way. Kink is a very fascinating journey it's not just salacious sex or or spanking a pretty girl or tying somebody up and you know fucking them or being really aggressive it's not like any of those things right for it's me, all of those things and it's none of those yeah, things yeah that's exactly how i would say it and yeah. for me i don't prepare cuz it's our life so i don't prepare for a scene and go okay i'm excited that he's going to do this to me and he's going to do this to me and have laundry list yeah. of like these checkpoints that I think are important for me to have experienced. And yeah. and I'm going to orgasm, you know, well, that's a moot point. You don't <laughs> even talk about that anymore because not that they're not important, but that they're happening like on a back-to-back ongoing basis. I'm in a heightened yeah. state of orgasmic eroticism constantly. And we're talking on an average scene, we're in scene for like a regular placing, not a fuck, but a regular placing. We're in scene for an hour, hour and a half, maybe two hours. Depends yeah. on what's going on. And because you're climaxing ongoingly throughout. Uh, yeah. And what's hilarious is you wrote this whole writing recently about using me up. Yes. And I think we're so close to this state of being, state of being yeah. that is on a high level that we were playing super hard in the beginning because yeah. I was new to kink. So my intensity ratio, I mean, I was, I, I thought it was hard right. kink and we were playing for long scenes and all this business. Right. And yes, I was worn out. I remember that. Yes. But like where I'm clear now, no, I wasn't worn out. Like I am now, like right. now it's a new level. Like I'm talking one minute to you and then I'm passed out on your leg on the yeah, couch. You totally. know, I'm sleeping super deep because I'm literally crashing right because i have so many endorphins pushed into my system yeah and then you know physically when you're when you're real present people have done this like sales i'm not going to equate sales to sex but salesmen talk about this all the time 
when they go to trade shows and things, they have to be up and they have to be pretty and they have to be greeting everyone. And they have this professional persona that they're keeping themselves through for 10 or 12 hours. And they get done. They're like, fuck, I'm so tired. You know, they're wiped out. right? Right. Well, it's like that. I'm being so present you're just, everything is in the moment and right. everything gets used because it's a total power exchange. I don't try to hold back. That's the difference. I don't try to hold back and and choose where I'm going to give my all right. because it's a power exchange. It's always all, all the time. Yeah. It's very exciting. It's very cool. And, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that we're still at the beginning of the journey. I know. You know, even though so it's only awesome. four years in. Yeah. We still feel like we're pretty new at it in a lot of ways. Yeah. And well, and of course we want more. <laughs> I'm not sure what more there I think, is. I wonder if we're going to just like spontaneously combust at one moment. I imagine we will. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> Two people found crispified in their apartment. Dog confused. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Domcom's coming in is. LA yep. in May. And I think you said, is it the 17th to the 22nd? I think so, yeah. Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday. So maybe maybe the 18th. 18th possibly. Yeah. But the 22nd is important because that's the day we're presenting right. at DomCom. And we're going to talk about the processes that we examined and looked at and dove into to create our current dynamic. Because we're both amazed by it. Yeah. I mean, the whole reason we started this podcast even was because we were on this journey. We wanted to record it for posterity just so we had something of it because we knew we were going to go, well, I knew, but I didn't know that we were going to go through these transformations. This change would happen in the dynamic, which is definitely so. If you listen from the beginning of our podcasts, which we have almost 600. 600, If you start at the first one, seriously, you would then follow the path of our dynamic because we actually talk about things we're dealing with in our dynamic. But one thing that's just curious and interesting about this is that where we've been and where we are now is night and day. Yeah, completely. Anyway, we're going to be talking about kink relationship dynamics at DomCon. Yes, we are. And that's only an hour, so we're not going to be able to cover the whole thing, but we'll give people at least workability and uh, process to be able to examine it for themselves. And ask themselves more questions, ask yeah. their partners questions, or be able to be more discerning on what their actual quest is. Right, exactly. So that's exciting. And while we're down there, we're going to do something else. We're going to introduce to the United States the Slub. cool new sex toy called Slub. Yes, this is a German sex toy that we have the distribution rights to, and we're going to be introducing it down there. It's very exciting. It's a fantastic, it's basically a power tool for men. It's a multi-tool. It's a vibrator for men. It's like a real vibrator. Quite yeah. literally, but for men. I mean, there are attachments that are being developed, and they have a few already, that you can use it on women or other types of things can be added to it, which right. is great. It's wonderful. But just the genesis of the product itself alone is amazing because I've been to, you know, fetish balls and different things like that. And I remember going to the trade shows and they had all these simians and motor bunnies and all these fleshlights and different things, right? right? For men and women. But they had a POV fleshlight kind of thing where you hook up to computer. And yeah. I, I went through the whole presentation and I'm not a guy, but I was like, yeah, I get it. I think it's, I get the whole POV thing. I get this. But I remember saying all of this is like 
play by yourself. Your partner's not going to really get into that as much. I mean, they'll do it probably, but that's more of a pleasure by yourself toy. And women have toys that are like by themselves or a partner can use, et cetera, right? right? This slub allows a man obviously to pleasure himself as well as integrate a partner, even a dominant partner or Or a a playmate that... I mean, I guess what it gives you is a vibrator like Hitachi gives you freedom with a woman to either touch her or not touch her right. in ways because everyone has their kink, right? right. And their dominant kinks, let's right. just say. The same thing with a slub. Yeah. There aren't that many tools like that where you can be pleasuring someone and be like, no, yeah, I'm not going to touch you. And there aren't that many tools that you can pleasure a man with one device and then make a little adjustment and then pleasure a woman. Yes. The same device. Or the way this tool can be used is you can restrict the balls and pleasure the balls and gorge them while the cock just has to wait. Yeah. I mean, there's a million ways you can play with this Yeah, you can actually attach it to a a butt plug and put a butt plug in your ass that vibrates at 18,000 RPM. 18,000. Let's give people some perspective on that. So I'm a high-powered vibrator, like bunnies and little pocket rackets. They're bullshit. Motor bunny works really good for me, but it's because it has a lot of power, right? It goes up to 7,000 vibrations per minute. And then Hitachi goes where? To six. Six. And Hitachi works. works. But that's about it. The rest of it is, for me, I always think it's kind of a joke. Right. This thing goes from what to what? From 5,000 to 18,000 vibrations per minute. Yeah, it's really quite powerful. That's amazing. It's very powerful. It's very exciting. We're very excited to bring it. So that's what's going to happen down there. Okay. And Mm. wait, I want to bring up one more thing because I want to clue people in because we won't know until we get there and we won't announce it until we get close. Yeah. But we are considering doing a gorilla podcast. Oh, yeah. At DomCom. Yeah. Where we might light and we'll announce it to our public at a certain lounge or bar and invite listeners to come attend and be on the pod. Yeah. All right. Very good. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Thank you.